0: Welcome to The Resume Storyteller, bringing you interviews with industry experts, regular folks who tested the job search waters and succeeded, and strategies to tell your story and land you job interviews. Here's your host, Virginia Franco.
1: Hey guys, I have with me today career clarity coach, Dr. Monica Marcellus-Fachman. She is the founder of Sheldrake Consulting, where she wears many hats to help mid-career professionals and industry changers get unstuck and regain their confidence so that they can love work again. As, as a career clarity coach and a resume writer, she works one-on-one with clients to help them not just survive, but to thrive during big career transitions. Monica provides personalized career and interview coaching, job search strategies, resume, and cover letters writing services that are grounded in leadership development and career advancement. Um, Monica, thank you so much. I followed you for a while on LinkedIn. I'm just a huge fan of your posts and all that you do. Well, thank you. And likewise, (laughs) I'm thrilled to be here and appreciate the invitation. Most people don't don't come to this career knowing that this is something that they wanted to do when they were five years old. I'd love to hear (laughs) a little bit about what brought you to the career space
0: yeah well and actually this is my second career uh so it's certainly not something that I thought I would be doing when I was five years old. Um, so my first job if you will, my first career was in college administration so I worked in um, high, higher education at various universities and colleges across the Midwest for 20 years um and in that time helped students and teams um, really, become better versions of themselves. And that's, that's the core that I brought with me into this new space. Um, I started my company, um, gosh, so seven years ago because I saw my students actually writing resumes and cover letters and job searching on their own Um, And getting really frustrated and spinning out because they weren't, you know, writing their documents in the best possible way. And they were really underselling themselves and their experience. So I started to help them for free and then started to charge a tiny bit of money for family and friends, you know, on the side. And then I really came to my own career clarity and figured out, oh my gosh, I, this is really what I want to do next. And so hung out my shingle and then um, took my business full-time five years ago.
1: Right. Today, you don't work primarily with new grads, however, right? You work more with, uh, with executives, aspiring executives, mid-tier, is that right? Correct, yes. Yeah, mid-career okay. professionals. Um, I,
0: I am a mid-career professional, and I also did my dissertation research on mid-career women. Um, and so yes, mid-career is, is my, is
1: my sweet spot. Excellent. And do you work with men and women or do you, is, do you mostly help women to get career clarity? Uh, men and women. Yep. Absolutely. Um, mostly women, but
0: I, I have absolutely coached and written, um, with and for male executives
1: as well. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you the article that I would love to talk about today is one about how self-care won't fix burnout. And, um, you know, the reason I was asking about men and women is that I know women in particular have really been struggling with burnout during the pandemic, but it's certainly not the domain specifically of women. Men are dealing with this as well. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm curious to know what prompted you to write on this topic. Yeah. Well, so
0: the prompt actually was an article that I read about how how to take care of yourself, you know, when you're burnt out. And I was like, oh, great, you know, this is going to be full of like really actionable tips, and I'm going to feel better after I read this article. And the more and more I went through it, the more frustrated I got because <laughs> the art the article was about what I could do on an individual level to be less burnt out. And it just really got me thinking that burnout really isn't an individual problem. And by that I mean individuals experience burnout, of course, but it's not an individual failing. It's it's not a lack of will or a lack of desire right. or you know a lack of skill. Burnout is a systemic problem that we are asking individuals to try to solve on their own.
1: And do you feel like that is, has always been the case or are you thinking that due to the last events of the last two years, that's become the case that it's a systemic problem?
0: Hmm. I I think it's always been a systemic problem. I think the pandemic, you know, certainly has pulled back the curtain, you know, kind of a little bit of the Wizard of Oz going on there. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, the great resignation, quote unquote, and, you know, people leaving. People have really felt inspired to take a long, hard look at their careers and at their burnout and have made decisions to try to make it better for themselves in other places.
1: You know, I agree with that And the last two years have been they've been rough on on everyone. Um, but you're right, we every article I see with the exception of, you know, what you were writing, what talked about how one person can help solve what's going on with them versus addressing it as a, as a systemic issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's, it's so layered and it's so tied, you know, back to your question about men, you know, men and women experiencing burnout. Um, men can absolutely be burnt out as well. Um Historically, though, and systemically, the burden of all of the other pieces, you know, child care, elder care, home care, um, historically, that has fallen to women. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when you layer that with the wage gap, um, lack of access to resources, the glass ceiling, et cetera, it, it makes sense that women are feeling it more acutely right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think they
1: they articulate it as well.
0: Yeah, that's you know if there's anything positive coming from all of this I would suggest that it's um I think a lot of people women um, and men but women especially are really starting to to speak up and mass and really and they're showing it with their feet right they're choosing I was gonna to say they're
1: showing it with their feet that the if anything is going to make people take notice of the the mass resignation reshuffling whatever you call it right right I agree yeah with absolutely. That. <laughs> So when someone is overwhelmed, sometimes it can be hard for them to recognize that they're struggling with career burnout. Um, How do you define burnout and what are some basic signs that we should be looking for? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so,
0: so for me and how I define burnout is that it is chronic and systemic. So chronic meaning pretty consistent right? You're feeling this way on a daily basis. Um, the Sunday scaries, right? You know, if you are spending your entire Sunday afternoon dreading what's dreading. going on, you know, what you're walking into yeah. on Monday, that's a, that's a pretty big tell. Um, and okay. also if you've been feeling this way for a long time, you know, certainly the pandemic has, has absolutely exacerbated a lot of bad work situations. That doesn't mean, though, that every single person is burnt out right now. I think absolutely a lot of people are tired and frustrated and overworked, um, you know, underappreciated. But burnout is really much, much deeper and much longer than that. Um, And burnout is attributed to lack of resources available to you to do your job.
1: So, an example, a a sign of it would be if you have been experiencing scary Sundays for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there other signs that people, because I I know when before I recognized that I was struggling with burnout, I would have the Sunday scaries, but then by Thursday I forgot about them. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, there are other other signs that are telltales. Sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I would also suggest if there have been, significant, noticeable changes in your personal health. So whether that's weight gain or weight loss, um, inability to sleep, lack of, of good, you know, positive sleep, sleep hygiene practices. Are you eating, are you eating constantly fast food at your desk as opposed to having the freedom to take, you know, a half hour walk around your block and eat a, a, a better, healthier lunch? Um, also, is there lots of turnover? Um, that's certainly a sign, a systemic sign of burnover, of the turnover is a sign of burnout. Um so and you also, need to be looking
1: at individual signs as well as systemic signs. Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: Yep. Yep. And I changes would just help it. You know, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, and just another sign too is if a lot of people are burnt out because of turnover at work, right? So if your if your staff your team is constantly turning over with new people, or they're not backfilling open positions, and you know you're doing the work of two or three other people, that that's certainly is a thin, recipe, yeah right, and that's absolutely a recipe for burnout.
1: I'm seeing a lot of that right now. People that um, because of the mass resignation, those left holding the bag mm-hmm. are um, are very very stressed. Absolutely. Um, so, is there a way, or is it important to be to be able to measure exactly how burned out you are? Like other, yeah. I know you referenced the Mind Tool resources in your in your um, article. How be, because it might be that it's it's a minor amount of burnout and it's an easier fix than if it's mm-hmm. you know larger. Right. Right. Yeah. And
0: you know, self. The point of my of my post wasn't to like knock self-care necessarily um because you know self-care is absolutely important especially now um, and i think especially for women and for mothers um so self-care is, is incredibly important um i would suggest that yeah the layers of burnout or the degrees of burnout are you know are these self-care measures not doing it anymore right like if you if-, if, if you have a good self-care routine but you're still feeling exhausted and worried and frustrated and tired and anxious and under resourced, then you're probably truly burnt out. But if you have a positive self-care practice and, you know, you're tired, but it's not chronic or you're still, you know, maybe like you're 70, 30 motivated, right? Well, then, then you're tired and frustrated, but maybe not burnt out. Okay. Yeah
1: and I sort of See self-care as sort of a way to avoid burnout, where yeah. if if it's happening even when you are doing that, then like you said, it's a, it's a it's not cutting it. It's sort of your first line of defense is self-care.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's the first line. Absolutely. But again, too many of the articles and all of, you know, the information out there right now, at least to me, my reading of it was that that was like the only line of defense. And if you're doing self-care and you're still burnt out, well, then it's your fault. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. Just, you know, to me, it's similar to the whole, like, are you in a toxic workplace? Well, some, some environments are just disf- dysfunctional that doesn't make them toxic right so it's like You're i right. think i think language you know i mean you and i we make our living as writers right and words and language are so important and i think it's it's really critical that we say what we mean and mean what we say um Agreed. and that so Agreed. that we can yeah. diagnose appropriately
1: agree agree and i love i love what you said the self care is a first line of defense, but it's not the only one. And you're right. Too many articles focus on the bubble bass and the journaling and the sleeping. And that that only cuts it so far. Um, And and one of the things that I know you talked about was, um, and maybe this is a next line of defense is to establish boundaries as a way to help mitigate burnout for people. Um, And I'm curious to know how, what are your thoughts on boundaries and what might, what might they look like and how, how can one go about figuring out what they should be and then enforcing them?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a loaded question, I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's a lifelong <laughs> that is... question too, right? True. Um, True. Yeah. And, you know, I see this with my clients a lot, you know, and certainly again, the pandemic and and zoom and working virtually has created the illusion that we are available 24-7. Um, sure. But I really try to help my clients push back on that. And, you know, do you have to be available 24-7? You know, like a lot of my clients will say, well, I'm just, I'm getting email at, at all hours of the day. Well, do you have to answer it at all hours of the day? Um, you know, maybe like, in you know, I don't know, maybe you're a doctor or a lawyer or like there's some sort of like true crisis. Right. But a lot of times we create the illusion that we have to do something right away, you know, that we have to be available. Whereas a lot of times you can do it first thing in the morning. It doesn't have to be done as soon as you get it. Um, so that that's one boundary. I think it's time, time and space. Um, if possible, I, I I took email off my phone Um, and that was a huge boundary enforcer for, for me personally. Okay. Um, you know, because it's so easy to just, you know, get the ding and like, oh, it's, you know, it's a quick client email. I'll just write them back. Right. Um, And I found myself doing that literally like all
1: hours of the day and on the weekend, And And no, I found my, I took my, I turned my notifications off, off my socials on my mm -hmm, phone for that same reason.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep, Exact same. Yeah. And I took the only social media I still have on my phone is LinkedIn. And I'm, I'm close to removing that as well. mm -hmm. Um, You know, so. saying though is to
1: really question every assumption you've made uh, when it comes to things that are contributing to your burnout and seeing mm-hmm. how you can reframe it and then take an action to reframe it.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then, so always with self first, but then the next level is with, you know, colleagues, peers, and people on your team, your supervisor, um, you know, because a lot of times they're, they're feeling the same way.
1: Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. Um, so when do you check your emails now, only on your desktop? <laughs> just, yep, just on my desktop. That's really good. I, um, You know, I should just remove everything from my phone. I, like I said, I took the first step was removing notifications, but I do find myself still going in and checking it here and there. Sure. Um, but I'm sure time and space is a huge area where we can make a lot of impact in our boundaries.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially you know working from home so many of us are doing that now it's space too you know it, not everyone has the luxury of a home office with you know which i yeah. appreciate um you know i feel very fortunate in that i i do have a home office and it has a door um so that that's a physical boundary right like i come into my office i work and then i can leave my office and literally and figuratively close the door on work
1: some way to separate the two
0: worlds Right. Yeah. And, you know, I know that's not reality for everyone, but if, you know, for people listening, if there is a way to create a physical workspace where the only thing you do in that space is work, um, that, that can help your mind boundary too. I love that. Um, it's funny. My
1: husband did not have a dedicated office and I really, really didn't want it to be my dining room across the hall from me. And so he set up a, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, we set up, we got an ironing board because he, he put his laptop (laughs) on there so that he could stand up and walk around, but he does it in this little corner of this room Um, and it's the ugliest space, but it's a space. And I think that's your point is that mentally that's where he works. Right. Right. Exactly. In front of a God awful uh, ironing board. Yeah. So.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I love that. That's such a great, that's such a great example of, you know, adaptability and yeah, just making the most of what you have. Um, Yeah. My husband, we figured out early on in the pandemic that you could see the cat tower behind my husband. So we had
1: to move that. Uh Um, (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, So time and space are two areas where you can, where we should be looking at our, looking to establish boundaries. Are there other ones? Are those the main two that you really focus mm-hmm. on? Um. It, so certainly those are the main two.
0: I would also suggest behavior, you know, both mm-hmm. ours and of others, you know, like just like, you know, so I'm a mom and, you know, have two kids and, you know, what is, mm-hmm. what is the boundary with my son's behavior? You know, what, okay. what is behavior that we will not accept. Right. And, okay needs to be addressed. Right? And so, you know, back back to the email one, a lot of a lot of times that's actually a behavior that needs to be addressed with someone. You know like, hey, you're you're emailing me at all times of the day expecting a response that's not realistic, that doesn't set me up for success to do my best work. Can we have a conversation about how to put a boundary on that expectation? Right. So, you know, just like when you, you know, when you're in conflict with someone, if they, if their behavior has crossed one of your personal or professional boundaries, it
1: requires a conversation. Okay, I love that. Um, and how you worded that, can we have a conversation about it that doesn't, doesn't feel accusatory. It, um, mm-hmm. it gives clarity around what a boundary is for you that someone might not be aware of. Sometimes right. people will send an email with no no intention, without the mm-hmm. expectation that it needs to be responded to. But that right. miscommunication can lead to a whole pitfall of problems. So, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. There's
0: so many assumptions happening, right on on both parties, and it it really is it you know conflict and confrontation and and establishing and maintaining boundaries. It's hard work. You no, know, so I don't. I don't want any listeners to be like, "Oh, Monica is so cavalier, and she just made this like suggestion and just go do it." It it takes no. It's practice. hard and
1: enforcing. I mean, setting them up is hard, and then enforcing them is very, very hard. Hmm. Yes. Absolutely. absolutely. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, but if you if you don't, then that's where, and I, I would suggest that's part of what contributes to burnout is. You know like you let one thing slide and then another and then another and then you know past practice becomes a policy and then people right just expect things of you right because you've let things slide for however long
1: right 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 no i agree with that um well we taught we touched on health a little bit earlier in terms of um signs of burnout and uh i know that you recommend that people make their health a priority and again much Easier said than done, much like the boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what are some baby steps that you think are, are helpful for the people to help them start prioritizing their health? Mm-hmm. Well, for
0: I learned in my own life and in my kids' lives um, that, honestly, Americans do not get enough sleep. And there's the, you know, the hustle culture and like always grinding and we, we grossly underestimate the power of rest. So the first thing for me was sleep to become a more consistent and a better sleeper. Um, and this is also related to my phone and social media is to not doom scroll at night. Um, so I do keep my phone in my room, but that's because that's where my alarm is on my phone. But I don't look but wait, at it.
1: What's do scrolling? I don't know that term. I like it. <laughs> oh, so that's yeah. I'll try to find the article and send
0: it to you. But yeah, it's it's um, especially women and especially mothers tend to do it more than men, um, because it's the only time that we are truly alone, alone and no one and quiet needs yeah. us. And so it happens. Most often at bedtime, and it's literally like we're laying in bed scrolling through our phones, just to distract ourselves, and also because it's the only time that we've been alone. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, so it's called doom scrolling. Oh Lord, I do that. Um, yes. <laughs> I didn't know
1: that that was a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't either <laughs> until a friend forwarded an article. You're right, but it, it's actually. the
1: only quiet time. So, what do you recommend right. as an alternative?
0: Right. So for me personally, I, I read, I, I love to read. I'm a very avid reader. So I, I, I've forced my bedtime to be a half hour earlier than it really is so that I have that 30 minutes to read instead of doom scrolling.
1: So you do scroll and then you read to close out the night because you've given (laughs) yourself that extra 30 minutes.
0: I try to really not doom scroll (laughs) at all. Okay. But I'm not going to lie and say that I never do it. Um, but so reading, uh, some people have found a lot of luck with doing a, a very basic yoga practice or meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have even, you know, they find meditation apps on their phone. But to listen, not to like actually watch, right? To just have it right. on audio only, right? Um. Yeah, and really the phone is, and there's all kinds of research too, about how the constant like interaction with social media and blue light, like it actually physically interferes with helping your body start to relax and go to sleep. So, so that's a, a very basic one. Um, for me personally, you know, I work from home, like so many others right now, I, I started putting lunch on my calendar and I, I blocked it off. And, you know, maybe I actually eat during that time, but it's a time where I force myself to stand up and stretch. And if it's not raining or snowing in Michigan, I go for a quick walk around my block. You dedicate, you block out time in your calendar for those moments. I do. Yep. Yep. And back to boundaries, that is a boundary that I, I never schedule over. It's just a half hour. Um, but I okay. never schedule myself
1: over that time, so that's a deal breaker for you. you will not lose that time, correct? And yep. do you recommend? Um, is it equally effective to maybe do a series of fifteen minutes, like two fifteen-minute breaks, instead of a thirty? Or does it just depend? Mm-hmm. Sure. On the yeah. I
0: th- yeah. I think whatever works, you know, for okay. you know, individuals and for their schedules. But yeah, absolutely. Some time to pull away. Hmm. Yep. And to physically, to physically change your setting if possible and to move, move your body in some way. Um, again, all kinds of research about the benefits of, of walking. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, you know, I live in Michigan, so, and I don't like the cold. So sometimes I'll even just walk inside my house, right? Like
1: I'll walk down to the physical workspace and get away. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. No, I love that. I love that. Um, so shifting gears, I want to ask you about, um, asking for help. Cause I know that that is something that you, you wrote about, um, mm-hmm. could you elaborate on what asking for help might look like? So I was, when I read it, I thought, are you talking about like asking for help with meals or getting a housekeeper or working with a coach or all of the above? Um, mm-hmm. What does asking for help, what were you thinking of when you said that? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, I would suggest
0: all of the above. Um, I mean, if you are in a space where you could hire someone to help with meals or, you know, someone to come help clean, absolutely go for it. Um, I think women, especially and mothers, you know, we have. Bought into this, you know, this diatribe, this rhetoric that we have to do all of the things, and that's also certainly a big contributor to our burnout. Right there, it's just, it's just not possible.
1: The first thing you said is that we're a big way, a big path to burnout is that we're when people have to do too many roles, and right, being a parent is too many roles. (laughs) Yep, absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely, and. Right. Being a
0: pandemic while you're homeschooling kids, right? Yeah. Or pa- a pandemic
1: homeschooler. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Caring for elderly parents, you know, caring for a sick neighbor. Absolutely. So what I have learned personally about asking for help is to make it, to make the ask small and specific. Right. So a lot of times, myself included, when we're frustrated, we're like, ah, I just, I need help. Right. But it, which is true. It's easier, though, and more productive if you could say to someone, your spouse, your partner, your boss, your colleague, I need help with emailing these 500 contacts about this specific event, right? Or, you know, to your to yourself, I need help cleaning. And so I'm going to start by ask hiring someone to come once a quarter okay. or you know, once every two months or once a month. Right. But like to make it small and specific Specific
1: and and very actionable. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yep.
0: And that's something that
1: you could that, and you could do that in your home life as well, you know, obviously in your career.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm, you know, if you say to your, your supervisor, I'm struggling, you know, with this client relationship, do you have, 15 minutes to help me walk through how to respond to this message. Okay. Like that's, I love that. that's a very I love small
1: and I, I feel like people want to help. Yes. But giving them direction on how to do that is, is absolutely key. Agreed. Agreed. Thought, yep. yeah, you might get help. You don't want otherwise or not, or not right. at all. <laughs> right.
0: Right. You know, it's, it's similar to, you know, when someone in your family is sick, like, instead of saying, instead of putting the burden on that person and saying, let me know what you need. Well, they don't know what they need, right? So instead, it's more helpful to say, hey, I'm going grocery shopping today.
1: Do you need milk, eggs, or bread? Right, right, right. What I love about every step that you've outlined is that each one requires you to sort of reflect on where you're feeling pain. Hmm. And mm-hmm. making setting a boundary around and taking an action, being specific in the ask, um, that's yeah. helping you to, you have clarity on what's wrong and what's causing mm-hmm. the pain or the burnout. Mm-hmm. Um so I know you work with a lot of career changers.
0: I love career change. Well,
1: okay, so I'm sure you've worked with people that um are trying to leave a work environment that is a you know that that isn't working for them. Um yeah how do you help people identify a workplace culture where they're not repeating they're not you know, jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire and getting into a, a similar culture
0: mhm yeah yeah well it's not it's not easy and it's i mean it's work um i think you know to your point about i you know identifying the pain and identifying you know what the real Issues are is, is so important, and that's the work that we all need to do up front. Um, and it's also the work I think that a lot of people want to skip over because it can be painful and it can take longer than maybe we would like. Um, but in terms of finding environment, finding new environments, that's where honestly LinkedIn and informational interviewing and networking are so impactful you know, even starting small with, you know, okay, so say you've identified a new company that you would like to pursue. Well, what are they posting about on LinkedIn, on, on their Twitter feed? Um, what are the people who work there posting about? Or maybe they're not posting at all. That that could be a tell too, right? Um, and then to really utilize your network to reach out and to ask questions before you get, you know, too far into a process. Um, I think, you know, the great resignation really, if anything has taught a lot of people that they truly can be in the driver's seat of this process. And, you know, that whole, like, well, you're interviewing us as much as we're interviewing you. That's really true now.
1: Absolutely. And, um, and I'm starting to hear of people that have, um, I guess buyer's remorse because they left and jumped into somewhere new. And sometimes I wonder if that is happening because people didn't do that culture homework.
0: Yeah.
1: And so maybe they jumped just for change's sake and then the grass was not greener. Um, But I agree with you utilizing your network, trying to get some real Intel can be so valuable. Um, I love, I love the advice to, um, it wasn't my advice. Someone else is to talk to people that recently left. If you can Yeah, um, I was just gonna say that. You know, yep. Yeah, recognizing that some people are gonna have very strong opinions, but right. if three or five people say the same thing, then you have you have something that's worth paying attention to, good right. or bad,
0: right? Right, right, exactly. Exactly. Yep, yeah. And what's the, you know, pandemic aside, what what's the turnover? You know, like are people right. are people leaving in droves or are, you know, where people leaving for the same reasons? Right, right right? Or were they leaving because
1: they advanced? You
0: know, there, yeah, people leave for all kinds of reasons.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But I know I work, I'll hear from a lot of people where they're like, well, I just didn't agree with the direction that the um, leadership was going in, which is very vague and hard to identify a culture pain point from that. And so digging in and really figuring out, well, What is it about that direction that you didn't like? Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was just gonna say, like, well, what direction were they going in and what part of that did you not agree with? Right, right, right. Um Monica, you have um go ahead. Well no, I was just gonna say to your point, Virginia, about you know, going out of the out of the frying pan into the fire, I think that's that's an easy or certainly tempting right now, right? Like I think some people have fear of missing out, right? <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, so many
1: people
0: are testing the waters just to see. Just see to see, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm all for that, you know, and I'm I'm all for getting while the getting's good. Um, but you don't have to leave, right? Like maybe your situation is great. <laughs> and you and don't have to maybe there's changes
1: you can make modifications you can make based on, 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 on an understanding of what is burning you out that Absolutely. will make your current environment a, a, a great place to be or a better place Absolutely. to be. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a
0: huge opportunity for for self-advocacy, but even bigger than that is is team and leadership and group advocacy, right? Like, okay, now that we know what we know about our organization, our team, what can we do differently? But like quitting, I guess what I'm saying is is quitting or leaving doesn't have to be the only option. Yeah, no, that's true.
1: And sometimes with staying, especially in a market where people are finally starting to recognize that retention is important. I'm hearing in certain sectors about bonuses mm-hmm. and things like that. There, there might be an advantage to staying.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And a tremendous opportunity for you if you have the capacity and if you're being compensated, but it's exactly. opportunity for you to take yes. on even more leadership. That's right. If, if the environment's not toxic, certainly.
1: Right. Right. But great. Um, so thank you so much for answering all of these questions. I've loved, like I said, I've loved your advice. I love how actionable it is. And it, um, I feel like you've given people a lot of things to begin thinking about. Um, I'd love so. I described the beginning of your bio that you're writing, you're coaching, um, you, you, you're wearing lots of different hats. What is next for you in 2022? We're now chatting in January. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: towards the very end of 2021, I launched a group coaching program um, called Crossroads, uh, which had been on my heart for a long time. And so oh. we had the the first cohort actually just finished in December and so i'm going to be doing um a few more of those and it's are those month long coaching or it's it's a 5 month uh group coaching um group mastermind for mid career women okay so um picking dates actually to get that back up and running again and um really wanting to shift to do more more coaching more one on one coaching as opposed to I mean, I'll always write resumes. I, I love resumes and I think they're fun, um, but looking to to really dive deeper into coaching.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So if people want to learn more about you, I have listed your Sheldrake Consulting uh, website. Um, mm-hmm. Did I pronounce that right? Sheldrake? Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Um, and that's, are those um, two of your kids' names? No, those are, um, it's my street address. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe you had a child named Michelle and one child named Drake. Um, no, that'd be a better um, story. <laughs> better than Virginia Franco Resumes, which is my accountant telling me I needed to come up with a name quickly. Um, <laughs> all right, so your email is Monica at Sheldrake Consulting. Website yep. at sheldrakeconsulting.com. And then I have included your LinkedIn as well. Are those the awesome. best places to uh, follow you and, and connect with you? Yes, yep, absolutely, Excellent. yep. Excellent. Well, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate
0: it. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation, and I I hope people can do some beyond self care. Right?
1: Self care exactly. Then, but then, what are you going to do next? That's right. That's right. Because it only gets you so far.
0: Right. Amen. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Virginia. Enjoyed our chat. You've been listening to the Resume
1: Storyteller with Virginia Franco. To learn more about storytelling strategies to catch the eye of today's online skim hiring and decision makers, please visit www.virginiafrancoresumes.com.